short rest with Fonzie you want, and Bob. you want to kick us off. Goose fraba. All right. Wait, lang. Don't tease. Probably keep that in the episode. Okay. Hey, Fonzie. Good morning. I think I know. I think it's uh, I think it's time we took a short rest. Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> Much yeah. to do, much to do. I found a good spot. And yeah, let's take that short rest. <laughs> Find some uh, um, rabbits about. Make sure we're properly fed. <laughs> yeah, take out my lute and start uh, singing my song of rest. <laughs> rest. Yeah. Okay, bye guys. We're gonna rest. <laughs> my shortest episode ever. <laughs> Our episodes have been progressing like long. Mm-hmm. Like, as we it, progress, it gets longer and longer. I don't does know that concern you? I think, nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's been. Um. I think. I think the week has been relatively tame so far, as far as twenty twenty standards go. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's. Uh, no. Let's. Uh. Let's. Let's. Uh. Kick it off. Uh. Fonzie. Uh. Uh. Please roll. Uh. Hit dice. Sure. Yeah. Um. Rolling my head dice this week. Well, this week has been particularly uh, interesting. Um, my wife just had this um, amazing big business kickoff. Like mm. her and her sister and a friend um, just started this pottery painting business, Ooh, and okay. and they they they're really doing well. Um, in terms of like, they're really busy, and what used to be my um, Recording <laughs> studio is now just filled with pots, <laughs> and they uh, call themselves potheads. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why, and they they make awesome work. Um, you can find them on Instagram at potheads underscore dvo. I think that's their thing, but they're it's really awesome work, and it's nice to see uh, them engaged in like a creative endeavor like this, just to be able to handle, you know, the stress that's going around and just for them to be, you know, engaging in this way and, you know, earning a bit of money on the side. Uh, yeah. It's not bad. It's really not bad. And it's a legitimate, I know, it's a legitimate and non-illegal way of dealing with pots. They're pot dealers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. They buy cheap pot. They they buy cheap pots uh, or sturdy pot, and then uh-huh. they refurbish it, make it a little bit better, <laughs> and then they sell it to the next pothead out there. <laughs> and it's yeah. just really been a, there's just really been an influx of you know plant owners and you know, plant yeah. parents and plantitas. That's my, my wife would say. Is is that only in Davao? Because there's also a lot of them here in Metro I can't, Manila. Yeah, you know, I can't say for Metro Manila, you know, but yeah. definitely in Davao, definitely in some parts in in Cagendor, it's been just an influx. And I think it's just because you know we've been living inside for so long, we're starting to see. Hmm, my house is not really conducive for managing my stress. <laughs> what should I do? Uh, Buy plants. <laughs> yeah, let the plant. They say that plants, or actually any other living thing besides human beings, absorb the energies that you give out in when you're inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, started so. buying plants way before the pandemic. By the way, yeah. I, I bought I, like three. I killed one. I bought three. I killed one. 
um, mainly because of neglect. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but after 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 this, like my 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 wife knows all the names of the plants now. Like she, when I say like, oh, that's that's a nice plant that they own. Oh, that's the something something plant. Wow, your nature checks are insane, woman. <laughs> She might actually be a druid, but I think she. I think she also has levels in Boyd, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll and uh, we'll put in a no. We'll put in a link to visit their shop uh, in the description of this YouTube video. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so happy you consented to that. By the way. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I, yeah. I love. Uh, I've been pushing for her to have some sort of like a hobby before okay. because all she really did like in her pastime was just watch Korean shows, which is not. It's not bad, right? But it's yeah. it, it's something that if you uh, you know invest in a little bit a more, and you know some of the shows are really stressful. Like mm-hmm. you would want to watch, and you know, at the end of the day, just to be able to unwind and process your day, you know, and yeah. to watch something that would make you intentionally to try to make you cry or piss you off that sucks, <laughs> right? Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Korean shows, by the way, they have excellent production quality, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched one. The latest, sorry, by the way, for context, by consent, I mean the use of this video. So in in, oh. you know, in our production, yeah. Oh gosh, I'm like, oh no. Anyway, but yeah. Um, the made reason, sense. Uh, <laughs> My yeah. tangent made sense. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. The coffee's setting in, guys. Give us a break. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this. I know this uh, episode, the last episode, which was ironically longer in YouTube, at least got um has a higher average um, view length. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... Whatever, I think guys. Enough. What are you doing with your time? <laughs> Why are you watching this video? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> watching. Yeah, but please feel free to like and subscribe. To, and yeah, follow us in Spotify. That's where we're most updated. Um, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, going back to the uh, Korean um, drama topic, I haven't really seen any any you know anything or, or any Korean drama, but Korean movies like latest one I saw was uh, Train to Busan, and yeah, you're right, it top notch, excellent quality. No, I, I, I'll I'll give you some recommendations of Korean movies that are insane. okay. Okay, and something that would be very relatable. To the idea of uh, escape, you know, escaping Avernus. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I'll definitely <laughs> link you a movie. Do you have Netflix? Yeah, I, I do. Is it on Netflix? Let me let me just check, and I'll, I'll revert back to you. Okay, yeah. it's really interesting. Escaping Avernus, nice, dude. There are chain <laughs> devils. <laughs> okay, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a good uh, that's a good. Um, mm-hmm. How about you? Would you a, like to roll some hit dice? Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, it's been. I wouldn't want to say uneventful because a lot of things have happened lately. Um, Work wise, definitely. Um, just yesterday, my I, I guess yeah, yes, but but then I'm kind of keeping everything uh, manageable, so. 
there's that um, in terms of so work I, I'm, I'm learning how to manage people more efficiently with their time I also did a little thing uh, when we had this meeting with them like uh, okay guys uh, normally when we have our scrum calls we talk about two things our um, to-dos for today and our I know um uh, dependencies with each other. So there was one, th- one thing I did was I, I added an extra thing for a scrum call. Let's, let's check in I wanna, because I want to be really personal with them. Okay, let's check in. How are you guys? Because it's been a very busy week for the past, or it's been very busy for the past few weeks. And I asked them, how are you guys? Um, firstly, state how you guys are personally. Uh, and then your to-dos and your deliverables. I'm glad to say that a lot of them participated in the how-to. Others just didn't answer that all. Dumiretso na lang sa to-dos. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my family visited me yesterday to give me um, yung, uh, some alcohol. So I've got not um, rubbing alcohol. So I've Damn got it. Like, a gallon of it. <laughs> you brought the wrong one, family. <laughs> no. No, I meant... Oh, well. Well, it's useful pa rin naman. I will and, trade yeah. this for beer. <laughs> Can I drink this? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everything has uh, been... A, it's been a good week so far naman. Ano, uh, it wasn't as uh, as stress-laden as last week. And, yeah. I think it's because of my lack of Dungeons and Dragons games, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't been able to play nor run anything yet. Right. Since yeah. when did we start the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think a month ago. Yeah, oh, it's been a month. I have. I need my fix, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to run one now. So, yeah, see, I look for a new set of friends. <laughs> Okay, well, I can run online Dungeons and Dragons with. Yeah, yeah, just just I don't know, just build it and they will come. Yeah. Yep. On <laughs> your <laughs> on your table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to your table. <laughs> Contextualization does it help? Nope. What? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um come going. I'm not. I'm gonna leave this in. Let it out. <laughs> uh, coming off over, I know. I was gonna say getting off on your on the topic. Of, <laughs> Whoa! I'm not editing this out. <laughs> it's seven thirty um, in the morning, Carlo. Yeah, I think it's the coffee. Yo, coffee, coffee, I know. It's the coffee. <laughs> Sips more coffee. <laughs> Yep, you heard me right. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, I think I think I know. Um, have we rolled our hit? I know our hit dice now. I think yes, we, can, we have. Know. Yeah. Uh, coming off of the topic of ano no of um, um, just using D and D or using ano um, different um, media to go go about life. Yeah, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons has done that uh, for me. Recently, or not recently, because the most, yeah, I'm starting to, I haven't played in a while, right? So, I know, I, I think it does, it helps me relieve stress. Mm-hmm. Like for someone, uh, for someone who's, I know, who works, uh, works from home and for someone who 
is very ano easily easily swayed uh, whose feelings is e- easily swayed by stress. I think Dungeons and Dragons has helped me cope in that manner. And we've or, and I've read and I've seen a lot of news from the internet about how I don't want I'm not an expert in the manner because or or nor am I an authority to say but that. Dungeons and Dragons can be therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Like other people, like some, I, I've seen how some people use the game as their way to cope with loss and others. Like I'm obviously not an authority in the subject, nor am I um, someone who knows how the human mind works. But from my experience, yeah, I, I guess it's it's a, in 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 my example, it's a no. It's it's just um, it's just a great stress reliever. For it me. is. Well, yeah. well, talking about Dungeons and Dragons and um, being able or using it as a tool to be able to go through difficult processes in life, there are uh, elements in the game that would allow you to explore certain belief systems, certain character traits that otherwise certain people wish they had to be able to process something, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, in the same vein that other people use different methods or media to be able to process difficult situations. In terms of grief, um, there are stages to how you can process it. But using tools like this would definitely help people who find it very difficult for them to be able to express themselves in a healthy way. Not to say that people who go through you know, Dungeons & Dragons to be able to process certain things aren't healthy, but sometimes you know, situations would merit some sort of creativity in terms of how you can express yourself. Like I've been coaching a lot of people in terms of like make uh, helping them go through and understand and process what's going through and what's you know what their obstacles are, and the primary uh, starting point for everyone is always just to be able to understand what they're feeling. And for people undergoing very difficult situations, like in terms of like death or breakups or depression or a frustration in the workplace or work uh, or just the stress induced by this quarantine and then, pandemic, yeah. Yeah, you know, those are very difficult situations and they can be very overwhelming. Overwhelming in a sense that it kind of like deadens your ability to tune in to yourself and what you're actually going through. And what you're actually feeling, and it's important. Look, it's a, a, what Dungeons and Dragons will allow you to do, and the tools that it has is for you to be able to project yourself into another character. I saw a tweet um, done by a random guy in Twitter. I'm sorry, I don't remember, but the, his message really stuck to me. Is that uh, your first Dungeons and Dragons character is an, an extension of yourself? It's always yeah. about what you're going through and what you're what you want to be more or what you want to explore more. And I actually had a client before. (laughs) I just remembered, you know, he grew up uh, in neglect and abuse. So in his relationships, like how he would take in abandonment, how he would process uh, and process uh, expression of love is very different from us. He, he would do things very in a very abusive way. His language was not 100% there. Um, he would uh, often test relationships for them to be able to. It's just, it's just a classic abandonment yeah. issue, right? And he went into coaching. He, he said that he, his objective was to recreate himself. So rebuild himself from, okay. and just to, for him to be able to 
you know, uh, how do I better myself? How do I change to become better? Right? And one of the processes we had just going through sessions that we had, um, we started focusing in and identifying what were the causes of these belief systems, right? And now that the slate was clean, now that we understand, okay, then let's create a new character. Would you like to do that? So I went him through a step-by-step process of character creation, just like you would do in Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. So I talked about uh, the abilities, you know, strengths, the dexterity, wisdom, charisma, and where does he feel like he needs more skills in. So for him, he wanted more wisdom, he wanted more charisma, create more awareness for, him, for himself. Right. So I also went him through like the character creation part. Like yeah. I went him through, I actually had him name his character. Like mm-hmm. if, so I presented him back with the old situations that he went through before, right? If, if your partner were to say something like this, how would this character reply? Given that he has high, now that he has high wisdom, then he said uh, he would probably be more patient and be more loving in a sense. And that's great. That's yeah. great. So that's a process. People tend to feel very trapped with who they are and they find it very difficult to change because sometimes they have this belief system that I, I am who I am. I can't change who I am. Right? When that's really not the case. Um, change happens to us all the time. Yeah. And change, there is a process for change. But it's just that. It's it's the difficult process. It's a very difficult process. And people expect instant results when they want change. But it's not mm. the same thing, right? When yeah. I commit to, like, I want to change. I want to be 170 pounds. Mm. You don't change overnight, now, do you? Yeah. And it's <laughs> nope. a step-by-step process. And sometimes you work you, for that. <laughs> you work for that. Uh-huh. And it's the same thing with you know, personal things. So same thing with our character. You work for it. You work for that ability plus one, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you get the right tools. Sometimes you get an advantage over it. Sometimes you don't. But that doesn't mean that you should stop. It just means that there's a process. Yeah. And so with the same thing, like understanding life and putting it in context of Dungeons and Dragons helps people understand that there is a process for this. There is a process for grief. Yeah. And for people who are so you know, close to the elephant. You know what that means? You're so close to the elephant, you don't know what it is. You're so close Uh, to it. You you can't see the entire picture. Just a big patch of gray. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That near, you don't see the entire picture. So what you need to do is to step back. And one of the tools Mm -hmm. you can do is to step with, you know, in terms of like stepping back is Dungeons and Dragons. If you do it in that spirit or in that, that manner and some people do it unintentionally like i've been yeah. dungeon uh, i've been dming for uh, over the table games for roughly more or less a f- like a year or so yeah. and i've experienced like uh like uh like so many personalities and through the nd yeah. and it's just the and once they come into a party um you know it, it doesn't work 100 percent of the time but once yeah. they come into a party with a similar objective with you know with a unified approach to combat you know, and how they want intend to deal with the certain encounter 
um, you would see like even in differences in personality, once they are unified under one goal or they one identify, purpose. you know, yeah. one enemy, me, <laughs> they work together. Uh, they work together. So they just have to find that, you know, that, that place. And it's, it's just a possibility. Because yeah. otherwise, like if they stick stuck to themselves and they play, if they play selfish, selfish, selfishly, yeah. then not much would be accomplished. No, yeah. would there? But so it's compromise at that point. Yeah. So it's just a very unique uh, microcosm of what's going on in their lives, you know, and for them to be able to um, contribute more to the team. He, they, you would need to forget about yourself and start thinking of yourself in the context of the team, and it's yeah. difficult to do that if you don't know what's going through, or if you, you don't master yourself, right? In the same way, like productivity for you looks like asking your teammates like how they are, mm-hmm. because it's important for them to know how they are. It's not just for you; it's for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted to do that for them then. Yeah, Just give absolutely. Me a heads up if you need a break, now we can give you that. <laughs> yeah, and for you, like for example, you've been saying that you wanted to DM for a while. This has been that your kind of like process of understanding. You know, this is what's fun about Dungeons and Dragons for you, like learning about lore, uh, talking about it, sharing experiences of D and D. That's just really what's fun about it. And for you, maybe like this is enough for you for five weeks until you're ready to get back on to that. Yeah. I think I need, I just need more friends. <laughs> no, no, I have friends. I just need more friends who are into D&D. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta, no, I gotta contact the others. But yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a, that's some good insight, Fonzie. I forgot your, you are a coach ka pala. Yeah. You have the certificate that tells you uh, <laughs> that you're always right. I yeah, want that feed so bad. And no, and no, it's just it's just a matter of the human condition, right? And just being more aware of where they are. And sometimes, you know, circumstances, you know, the map is not the territory. Mm-hmm. What that means is that what you're seeing right now is isn't isn't everything. Yeah. You know, and some people, you know, and one one of the things that I don't like about in terms of like belief system about coaching is that you need to have a problem first before you need coaching. <laughs> is that not, that not really the case? If you want to go somewhere and you want, a, you know, if you want to understand yourself better, then you need a coach. You would want yeah. a coach, right? And it's the same way, you know, we get that support from other people. We get that support from our lives and that's really just, really just what it is. Uh, yeah. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, it does actually. Mostly just getting to well, well uh, one part that particularly struck me was uh, my first character is actually a projection of who I am, or projection more or less. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. kind of accurate. And my first one was a monk who was um, obsessed with being a better fighter, obsessed with being. Yeah, I think I mentioned this in the pilot episode. Uh, just someone who can uh, uh, be like really uh, stand or withstand tough uh, situations. Yeah, I wanted to be that way then. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's an and and I, I like monks because of their mastery of their selves or their um, never-ending quest to master themselves at least. 
um, both mentally and physically. And I feel like that's a, that's a, that's something that I want to be as well. So it's kind of like a projection, more or less. Yeah, but I try other classes out too, <laughs> martial classes. And one more thing that ano, uh, you mentioned regarding yung ano yung um, uh, accept that you have to um, change a few things, acknowledge mm-hmm. some that some changes need to be made. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah and uh, choose your well, friends. Yeah. Oh well, yes, that's choose a big friends. factor. Well, I've yeah. learned, like in my coaching. Like mm-hmm. friends, friends give the worst advice. How so? The worst because they don't want you to change. Oh, because you're uh, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, choose it's your a... friends. Like friends who give objective advice. Very good. Friends. Very good. Are brutally honest. Friends yeah. who are not attached to you know um, the the, the, the idea deal. the idea of you know. Um, being unconscious and they're unconscious about it you know and how they deal with you and not wanting you to change and not wanting you to get hurt right don't Um, don't go into that business because you you know and they would go into like advice giving projecting their own beliefs and fears uh about the situation which is not the map is not the territory you know it's not necessarily that reality yeah like so it's just be wary of that. Yeah. And Choose your point to meet well, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there are yeah. like other people who have more and perspective is really key. Like objective perspective and someone who mm-hmm. can give you that kind of advice. Like you if I, I'm sure you have those kinds of friends. Yeah. That oh that, I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, these friends will tell you how to better yourself. And at the same time, uh, they're the guys who will be there to support you, whatever it is you, you do. Assuming this is a good thing that you want to do. yeah. Like so, talking about wanting to be a monk, Carlo. W- yeah. w- what are the things that you're, you've, you did before that are similar to the monk way of life? Um... Firstly, it's just really, <laughs> if I'll be completely and totally honest, it's the fasting when I was, ano, when I was in the, when it was in my triathlon days. So, um, like, Eastern monks eat only once a day. They eat just to survive. And I feel like ever since I started this whole um, journey on, uh, of triathlon, um, that's, a, that, that's definitely a thing. Although, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, I'm... I'm inconsistent with it. Sometimes I I eat twice a day, thrice a day, sometimes more than that. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh that's that's what that's what made me go into the um that's what made me project into being a monk and just being able being very mobile and then being very dexterous when it comes to um, each step that you take when you uh, bike when you run. And being very, you know, being very, having that high constitution of just being able to, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I got off of being a monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. Monks are, you know, monks are very useful. They're not damage dealers per se, but they're very, they're very, they're very um, supportive <laughs> in the sense that it, utility, they, it helps stun people. And stun, you know, stun things and monsters. 
And Absolutely. speaking of, you know, of stunning pe- things and monsters in combat, I think, you know, I think it's a good. Uh, it's time that we segue to our, you know, to our main topic. Yes, as mm. we go into talking about chapter two of your PhD, turn your pages to. No, Page. yes, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about like last week. We talked about ability checks, but naturally the next logical step was to talk about combat and how you know it's the favorite um part of the no game names. for some people <laughs> around it's just combat okay i'm here for the combat okay <laughs> not here for the story okay so um just explaining what combat is about and just for us to have like a better understanding of how we use it as a tool that would make that would make your D&D games much more colorful in a sense. We could start off by, you know, by um, uh, actually telling the audience as DMs how we start combat. How, how, do, you know, how do we set them up? For others, it's as simple as just explaining, the, uh, just ex, um, asking your players to roll initiative. So it's, I don't, don't want to say it's become a meme as of late, but yeah. It kind of has become that. So whenever someone says "roll initiative," something bad happens, and now you have to fight for it. <laughs> so in my uh, as a, uh, as someone who's DM'd for I uh, know two years now, um, yeah, it's it's the it's definitely the part of the game where uh, that gets a lot of players, you know, hype. Like everyone's almost excited to uh, start this, mm. right? So sometimes, ano, sometimes uh, combat starts na like unprovoked. Sometimes other players, sometimes most of the time, players uh, come into combat very, very prepared. But in those few, uh, in those few instances that they're not prepared, they may or may not be surprised. Uh, which actually brings us to page one hundred eighty-nine of your <laughs> uh, player's handbook. So. Um, being surprised is um, this can happen to either you or the opposing party. So it's basically an ambush, right? So if you, I don't, if you if you choose to attack Konyare, a bandit camp that's setting up, and you're all very well hidden, uh, once you start combat, whenever the arrow starts. Um, uh, flying towards the general direction of your of the opposite party, um, they are surprised if they haven't seen you or detected you yet. And during a surprise round, the opponents cannot uh, do re- or cannot you know, have um, actions. They're not able to take actions, and they are not you know, uh, They don't have uh, the ability to react to it because they are shell shocked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. At the time, yeah. So that's what a uh, surprise round is, and that's how uh, combat starts most of the time. It's provoked, unprovoked, and yeah, really. So yep. So essentially, so, like after that, like one of the key things that we do as DMs, you know, before you even think about combat, or before we're going into combat, is we determine what Carlo just said. You know, surprise if there is surprise yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. So if the circumstances would merit a surprise round, then great. If not, then okay. You know, we start initiative. Like one of the things, like it, and uh, board, uh, and the keyword there is determine, right? So the DM will determine 
who might be surprised, right? So uh, they get to say like, okay, you you're face to face with your enemy, and then you suddenly um, throw an eldritch blast towards him. Mm-hmm. So is that a surprise attack? Depends on the DM and how he perceives you as a threat or not, yeah. right? So if you go through that surprise or given the circumstance of how you set yourself up for combat and how you role play into that situation, that would give you a surprise round or some, or sometimes not. Right? Yep. And the second bit is um, before even before starting combat for those who use uh, maps for yeah. Roll20 or or just over the table maps or even you know even before you establish like theater of the mind combat you establish your positions like where you are yeah. this is why your dm asks you what uh, what your marching Mind order is right? mm-hmm. so that's essentially one of the reasons why because he wants to know like who is in the front who is in the back where is everybody else located in a sense because your dm doesn't look at your characters only. He looks at your characters in relation to the map he's created, so to the world he's created. So it's important for you to determine also, it would help you guys, you know, if you would order yourselves correctly and, you know, it would make sense just for us to be a smoother, uh, just for it to have a smoother transition into, you know, the next thing, which is rolling for initiative. So, Carlo, what's initiative? All right. Uh, by the way, pertaining to your positions, always remember <laughs> tanks in front, uh, DP, um, mage casters at the back, and uh, the utility somewhere in between. Also, actually, in the front, probably. Anyway, so initiative. <laughs> yeah. All right. So initiative. Initiative determines the order of turns during combat. When combat starts, every participant makes a dexterity check. I think we've uh, established this uh, in mm-hmm. the last podcast that um, uh, initiatives are really dexterity checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these checks uh, help determine their place in the initiative order. Uh, the DM makes one role for the entire group of identical creatures. Uh, so each member of the group acts at the same time. Um, how do you know? How, okay, uh, let me finish the, uh, the entire thing. Because I have a question regarding that. Other DMs would uh, rule the, the, for the identical group as one role. Uh, others, they roll it individually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will, we'll get into that later on. And then the DM ranks the combatants in order from the one with the highest dexterity check, which is the highest initiative, uh, to the one with the lowest. This is called the initiative order, in which they okay, in which they act during each round. The initiative order remains the same from round to round. All right. uh, if a tie occurs, the DM decides the order among tied DM-controlled creatures, and the players decide the order among their tied characters. The DM can decide, or the DM can decide the order if the tie is between a monster and a player character. Optionally, DM can have the tied characters and monsters each roll a d20 to determine the order, highest roll going first. Nothing so, about dexterity. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing about dexterity. That's interesting. Like, oh, mm. Yeah, so uh, talking about initiative, essentially it's everyone rolling and determining who goes first. Um, yeah. What that does is it creates like in the in the combat sense of D and D, everything happens. Your turn happens in six seconds, approximately, right? Yeah. And 
combat happens in a mess of actions. And what this does is kind of like slows down time for you guys to be able to go through a sequence uh, of events, not necessarily together, but, you know, um, sequence of events that would make sense of combat. Because it would be a mess if you could just imagine combat without initiative. It, it would be a mess. Like, um, like handling five players wanting to kill one dragon and just having that. So it's a, it's a very logical way of turn-based system that would, and it's the first turn-based system, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, that, the fir- it's, it's what's inspired a lot of Final Fantasy yeah, games. Absolutely, absolutely. Like that's why we have turn-based systems for us to be able to make sense of an action of a round. Right. And uh, each round has um, your initiative determines your uh, turn, right? And each turn, um, each participant or in the battle takes a turn in the initiative order. So there are certain things that um, that would happen, like in in a sense, like there are legendary actions, which we'll talk about maybe in a different episode, and also lair actions. These are independent of initiative, um, but essentially, uh, as we talk about that later, these are elements that would add more flavor to the games. And you know, uh, talking about flavor to the games in terms of like determining who goes first in terms of initiative, yeah, it just depends on the DM and depends on the encounter. Like there are other BBEGs that would make sense for you to have a set initiative for them already, a pre-rolled one. Yeah. Or you rolled a like if you have like if your party is facing eight uh, wolves in a forest, right? Uh, it wouldn't make sense. It would take so much time if the wolves had independent initiative orders rather yeah. than just one initiative order, wherein you can just roll for eight different attacks and see what hits, what misses, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was. It, it's just a tool for your DMs to have a more expeditious game, and for your game because you know um, sometimes you know we don't necessarily are as locked in as other players. So sometimes you know uh, as combat tends to go on longer and longer, it gets a yeah. little bit more frustrating for the players, also for the DM. Um, so let's say a druid magically summons 20 wolves in your combat and you have to roll for them individually and that your player isn't necessarily someone who's a pro at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it would take time and it would frustrate a lot of people. So we're, 20, just, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing get all the minis for that. <laughs> it happened to me. Like I was... <laughs> When you we player is a shepherd uh, druid, someone like I think ten uh, wolves. <laughs> it was just really, it was just an interesting exercise of uh, patience, patience, and, <laughs> and mastery of self. Yeah, uh, not not just mainly because the the player was not really ready to to handle that particular spell with efficiency. Yeah, uh, in, in in a sense that he uses it and he wanted everyone else to make sense of it. You know, like mm. this is what, what it is, so deal with it. Right? <laughs> okay. So um it would make sense for you, like just a tip, you know, just to make ev- everything you uh, your actions or your turn 
because you do have one action, you can move in your turn, you have bonus actions, and you have a reaction after your turn or before yeah. your turn, depending yeah. on... Speaking of which, uh, that's the next thing. We take the turns after rolling for initiative, right? Yep. So, so I, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's run through the actions that people can take uh, during their turns. Oh, okay. There's my, there's my ring light. <laughs> and my mm-hmm. book actually accidentally hit it. All right, so on your turn... Do you need a uh, moment? You, uh, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, during um, your turn, uh, when the initiative counter reaches your, ano na, your initiative, na, uh, there are a variety of things that you can do. Uh, you have, firstly, the, um, the you, you can move. Uh, you can uh, so basically your movement is determined by your race or any other feat. Okay, so as a human, you have thirty. Uh, you have a basic set of uh, thirty feet or a basic movement of thirty feet. And uh, for halflings or any smaller beings, I think it's just twenty-five. Okay, so um, what's what's curious about this is as someone who races. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It you for a certain six seconds. Uh, yeah, it's six seconds per turn or per round. I think you go thirty feet. That's pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So imagine having to do that for no no for um for <laughs> longer than six seconds. Anyway, well, it's approximately. Um, and you you know some monks have sixty five feet of movement. <laughs> yeah, some have eighty. <laughs> and you can use your action to dash. So mm-hmm. within that, you know, 6 to Span 12 of seconds time. of time, you can run up to 120 feet of movement. Uh, in like 6 seconds. <laughs> Not yes. unrealistic at all. <laughs> it's just Naruto running. Fucking so that's movement. <laughs> Come on, right there. Stunning um, strike. Stunning strike. <laughs> um... Okay, so there is that. There, you can also uh, attack. That's also one of the actions available to you whenever you take your turn. So, yeah, you roll for damage. You roll a d20 plus your dexterity modifier or your strength modifier mm-hmm. to determine if your attacks hit or not. Yeah. Um, for spellcasters, they use their spell, um, their spell casting ability mod, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to determine whether an attack hits or not. Yep. And then, okay, and then essentially uh, after after no, after mm-hmm. having an attack action, uh, you have your bonus action, which to for some martial, you know, for some martial uh, classes uh, involves also another attack. <laughs> yep. For others, you know, you know, uh, just spells and cast spells then for others then. Mm-hmm. And then... There's also, um, there's also. I, I think, I think this has been ruled out. But bonus actions, do, uh, you don't, you can't drink a potions as a bonus action. Anymore. No, uh, it's an action. Yeah. Depending on, action. like a thief, can, it's an item interaction. To use an yeah. item is an action. So, um, if you had a feat that would uh, make your item interaction into a bonus action, a bonus like a thief. Action. A yeah. thief would. My favorite 
Kenku thief quack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How is he? He's still alive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. So um what Quack would do is he would try something bullshit as his bonus action and spend this action doing something else. Like oh, attack yeah. or something. Okay, can we can we discuss that really quick? Yeah. How, yeah, this is a special and no for quack. A special episode. Shout out to Quack. Yeah. <laughs> This, this guy this guy goes into combat he shackles the person <laughs> the, the enemy and then the enemy can't do anything yeah. if I can remember yeah like, go ahead. he would shackle him and uh, if the enemy would succeed he would use his action to shackle him again <laughs> so do it again <laughs> so he's like a, he's like a very compact version of a monk yeah. <laughs> because he stuns and then he stuns again And I was actually thinking of, you know, going Warlock with him for a level so that he would have like a curse on strength <laughs> or something that would make you oh, shit, that right. would make you have disadvantage on strength checks or ability checks with strength. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't oh, know how goodness. Hex works, but <laughs> probably not. You know, that would be too OP. But no, I love Qua. Um, uh, what he does is he tries his best to piss off the DM. <laughs> So that's why you brought them into the game. <laughs> Ball bearings. He had, <laughs> he had um, like caltrops. He had shackles. He had so yeah. many tools. Like <laughs> the Kenku Batman. Yeah, I think that was what I know. You you, you use that against uh, one of, wow, one of the games that I have where that involved like this really um, uh, strong quote unquote uh, bandit lord. And he just managed to shackle him. Nope, Bandit Lord can't do shit anymore. He's just trying to get out. It's a DC 20 strength check. Come on, dude. The shackles yeah, are OP. Lucky. And it just takes yeah. like a strength check. You just come, you just go, go just near to that. Try to break it. And what I would do actually for that, now that I think of it, is use my action to use the, the thing, right? And then if I succeed, I'll just disengage as a bonus action. So that could be a thing. Ah, <laughs> so, okay, guys. So I'll just do it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then have your, know, have your party members do the, no, do the like, dirty work do, for do you. Do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> he's a kenku for crying out loud. Yeah, and, uh, and what's interesting about the thief is um, they get to a certain level where they can use any magical item. Mm-hmm. So spell ah. scrolls are a thing. Um, yeah. So that's something that I'd like to clarify. Like, can I use a spell scroll? Because it's a magical <laughs> item, right? Yeah, yeah. Without think, restrictions, you can use it I, without restrictions. I think so. Uh, what mind they ask? What uh, what kind of or what route did Quack take? He's just a thief. He's uh, pure uh, thief. Oh, okay. So he's not a Rogue thief. He's spell not, thief. Okay. No, he's just a spell rogue. He doesn't, <laughs> but he, like after a certain level of thief, that you would, you are able to use um, magical items. Not necessarily something that you know, but it's it's part of your knowledge that you know how uh-huh. to use them. So I'm assuming, like spell scrolls, I could use spell scrolls because they're magical items. Uh, I, yeah, it's could, you <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like uh, have. Um, Like 
maybe just go in, um, shackle somebody with your bonus action, and then <laughs> use your action to cast fireball <laughs> with your spell scroll, or even attack with your hand crossbow as an action yeah. and use your bonus action to use the item. Spells, uh, spell scroll fireball. <laughs> Oh, Just an, a crossbow, uh, a crossbow bolt followed by a huge fireball. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you missed me! Oh shit! Thirty saving throw. What? I'm excited for Quack. It's like one of those um, characters that you didn't think would ver- go very far because the concept was silly initially, and then it's like it's just one of the most OP characters ever. <laughs> it's, it's just a pain in the ass for the DM. <laughs> I'm not surprised he went down so many times. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You all... like, mm-hmm. like having a character like that, if I were the DM, I will kill you first, you motherfucking <laughs> chicken. Get rid of that thing. Well, if you're not going to meta it, for, for first, the first time player, it's just a Kenku. What it, what's it going to do? <laughs> Few oh, rounds so later. <laughs> what the fuck? Everybody shackled. <laughs> <laughs> my my only thing there was that I didn't I didn't um I didn't get his uh, athletics to be super OP. So I think oh, yeah. it's just a flat roll for me. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of ways, you know, to be able to circumvent that, like um maybe like belt of giant strength or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just quack with a huge <laughs> This is a chicken on hormones. <laughs> you know one of those? <laughs> those that are chicken from McDonald's. Casa rather than... Speaking of McDonald's. <laughs> yes, yes. You changed your recipe. How dare you? I liked your uh, chicken. Oh, they did? They did. <laughs> Damn it, McDonald's. You and So your... disappointing. Yeah. This, <laughs> we're never going to get sponsored by McDonald's. So... <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> we tend to like Jollibee more anyway. Anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jollibee family. That family spaghetti. Uh, oh. oh my god! Arguably the best, one of the best uh, fast food spaghettis. Anyway, uh, <laughs> actions in combat. Okay, so um, yeah, so we take you take your turn. There's a bonus action, and yeah. Other activities that you can do on the turn would be yun nga, yung um, special object interaction. Um, I think that's the, well, the those are one of the things that you can do during your turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That's other that's things like active. dash. Uh, dash. You can dash on your turn. You can disengage yeah. on your turn. Disengage. You can dodge, uh, which is uh, you can help action, which would give your um, your companion or Party anything mates, else yeah. that you would help advantage over anything that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, hide is some is an action that you can that you can use for for rogues you can use hide as a bonus action. Bonus action. Uh, you can ready action which is an interesting thing. Um, for spellcasters who ready their actions uh, ready their spells if your readied action does not trigger it takes your spell slot. Yeah, so the and this is something that we don't do. We can search, like uh, we don't use that a lot. But essentially, it's just I look for I look for the enemy. 
you would spend your action doing that. Yeah. So you would make a perception check or investigation check. Let's say you're looking for an inv- uh, invisible invisible uh, enemy mm-hmm. and your terrain is somewhat like could give away the position of that invisible enemy. So you would use your perception check and use your free action uh, of being able to uh, point that out to like, there he is, like point towards that yeah. direction. And so that takes six seconds. It's always, uh, whenever as a DM, whenever uh, I, whenever a, um, a player tries to, wants to do something um, that is not one of these actions, I think in my mind, can he do this in a span of six seconds? Yeah. So if he could, then I will allow it. If uh, it's a little stretchy, I would deem that it would be an action or maybe even a bonus action. That that's know that that's how I um handle those specific um uh instances. <coughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um pertaining to dash, so you, uh, basically you when you dash you go uh twice as far as your normal movement. Um and then when you dodge, you just take a defensive stance. So for the monk, that's your mm-hmm. um, defensive sense. Yep. So you just just neo matrix neo around those those um, attacks. Uh, and um, yeah, did I miss anything? Dash, dodge, and yeah, disengage. Just do your best to not get hit by an attack of opportunity. So mm-hmm. that takes six seconds of your time. Uh, yeah. So yeah. those, so those, those are, are basically the actions. Basically the actions. Yeah. There are you know there is a different line if we talk about the things you can do um in terms of like how your attacks will look like um and certain things that happen during com- during combat like when you get damaged and when you get healing and there are other things like uh drop what happens when you drop to zero hit points or what are saving throws in terms of like death saving throws when you get to that point or if you just intend to knock a creature out, essentially. Like, um, I would encourage everyone to just read through this very important chapter, like chapter two on your own time. But essentially, uh, these are the elements that you would encounter during a game. And if there are things that are unclear, especially during, you know, taking your turns, because even the veteran players still have trouble remembering rules or remembering how that applies. And that's okay because that's just part of the game. Uh, when and it's the DM's responsibility to be to be able to adjudicate that. So certain issues like casting a spell as your action and casting another spell as your bonus action, you can't do that. So there's are there are certain rules around spell casting that you need to read and go through that are that isn't mentioned in this chapter. So it's more about understanding your own class, right? And I, I see that a lot with newbie players. Like um, newbie players, um, one of the things that would improve your quality of life in terms of like playing the game. Life in general, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just uh, adding more to your knowledge about how your character works and understanding how spells work, understanding how. Right. That's why it's very difficult for newbie players to play very important or very difficult roles like monks or sorcerers or bards in terms of like understanding spells or even wizards. Like there are wizards, um, those spellcasters are definitely very difficult in terms of like you would go 
ha- you will need to commit to learning your spells. Um, because, because you wouldn't want to, like, if you're lucky if you have an understanding DM, but if you don't... Um, Ooh, you just rule that out. Nope, you can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> you or you do that and it's not effective and you use, yeah. and you use a spell slot. So that's something that uh, would... And, and also, like, understanding how your moves work. Like, um, you have an action, and you have a bonus action, and you have movement. That's it. Like, you don't have two actions. And once you expand your bonus action, you don't have a bonus action anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just being able to understand and plot out, like, what you need to do. Those uh, specific actions. And, yeah, pertaining to, uh, you know, to, your, to how you mentioned uh, how knowing your character, knowing how your class plays, right? So when it comes to monks and when it comes to um, uh, to rogues, they're very dexterous characters. They have fast hands. So this is why they can dash uh, as bonus actions or they can disengage as a bonus action, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's going to take longer for a barbarian who has who's just as tanky AF to... Uh, do all those things, but your your barbarian can do a lot of damage anyway. So he doesn't need to do that those dash actions. Just needs to stay there, look pretty, and hit things. Okay, so yeah, that's enough. Just know your. Just imagine how it plays out in real quote unquote in real life. How is a barbarian supposed to be like? How is a monk supposed to be like in combat? Wizards, right? So yeah, that's that's it. And yeah, and we talk about. Like reactions, right? Reactions oh, yeah. are abilities or spells or situations that would prompt you, your reaction. And it happens in between your round. Like um, before you take your next turn, you have one reaction, right? And your reactions can either be like an opportunity attack, a spell that requires a reaction casting time, or um, anything that would mar- warrant a reaction. Like, wow, <laughs> that's <what you> <laughs> You've already done a reaction. <laughs> a reaction. And Man, Warcaster is a great feat, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Warcaster is a great feat. Like Sentinel yeah. is an absolutely great feat. What that does is when you take a uh, opportunity, or sorry, opportunity attack, yeah, uh, and your enemy is moving somewhere else, you stop that movement. Or when your enemy attacks someone adjacent to you, you can attack. That. And he stops movement, then yeah, that's a. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, you know. Yeah, it's really good. That's a really good. That's a really good. It's a good feat for players, but for DMs. Ah, <laughs> oh, stop that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. I, what, what that does is just just bait out your reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Like, um, around represents six seconds of the game world, roughly, and that happens. Like, ideally, everything going on like in that round happens happens like um not per turn but happens at the same time it just so happens that you know we just need to make sense of how this is going to play out in terms of like real-time battle and you think about it now like if certain combat lasts for like 60 or uh, like 10 rounds 10 rounds so that's like a that's minute. a minute right <laughs> that's relatively short yeah, it's fast, man. It's fast paced. Imagine. <laughs> like some, it's, it's, some UFC battles would take longer than a minute. 
<laughs> but again, they're just using their bare knuckles. So if you had yeah, so swords and magic and stuff, that would probably end up sooner. And just thinking about like how much more powerful these normal guys are compared to like commoners. <laughs> like commoners have four HP. That's it. Yeah. And some There's of these, majority. Yeah, go ahead. And some of these dudes like at level fifteen and stuff, they have more than a hundred hit points. So yeah, a hundred times more beefier than the regular commoner. <laughs> right there, yep. Um, I think ano, I think one thing that ano, um, ano, sorry, question to you, Fonzie. Um, how what's the longest combat you've been in? Oh Jesus! Or how many rounds? Uh, longest combat. What well, depends on the map, actually. Like, um, there is one particular map in Avernus that would take you to just an entire initiative. So the entire. Most of the most of the mod is spent in initiative, so it just depends uh, on the situation, right? Yeah. So, um, roughly, the long, yeah, long longest combat maybe against dragons, maybe against something. Mm. Just depends. Yeah, we um, I, I can distinctly remember this is a game with EJ on the Court of the uh, Court of the Dragons. Yeah. Now, tyranny of dragons. Yeah, we fought against lit- a literal army of um, uh, dragon cultists. So that's the entire shaman, kobolds, um, cultists, uh, dragon claws. Yeah, we 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 fought against them, and I don't remember how many rounds it took. Pero that's basically our entire game. We spent like four hours on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for some players, like four hours is pretty easy. But for 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 it, it's it's very long for someone like me. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah, we got to know each the players got to know each other better in terms of priorities and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that, and that's just really what understanding your your team you know team comp is about understanding yeah. and not just your own characters but diving into knowledge of others and what they can do to put you yourself in an advantage in combat uh it's difficult if you act independently not really caring about other people because you're yeah. so used to that Mm-mm. but it's just about number 1 trusting your teammates that's why you die because you don't trust your teammates that's why you die and Essentially, like in tier two, tier three, tier four combat, uh, that's very important because uh, you wouldn't want to go into combat with tier two characters um, not knowing your stuff. It's very yeah. difficult, and you know, and we see that a lot, you know, because it's relatively season season nine, right? It's season nine. Relatively in season nine, it's very easy to level up characters as compared to season eight when you would use like. ACP and TCP and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was relatively a challenge to get your characters from tier two to tier three, tier three, tier four, because you would need to rack up games. But now you just need to finish a mod to be able to level up. Ooh, look yeah, at me. Finish a mod. I level up. <laughs> you don't deserve it, yeah. but you leveled up. <laughs> Dude, um when in the sorry, in season seven, I think. I'm not sure. But we started out with a I started out with the um, Tyranny of Dragons um, hardcover, or so, no, the adventure. And mm-hmm. yeah, back then we still did the XP, you know, the XP system. But then, 
That's so fine. basically, our DM would give us um, XP for each encounter. So you're right about that. Yeah, what uh, I what I want to do is <laughs> milestone based level up in, in terms of like hardcovers because hardcovers are very specific in terms yeah. of like the range of levels that they can do. I think um, that makes sense for me. Like the DM saying, "Okay, you leveled up," and not just the, the, the problem I have with experience based. Um, uh, leveling up is that it's very combat centric. So if you don't, yeah. if you don't uh, kill things, you won't level up. Unlike, like for example, like Skyrim, you read a book and your skill improves, then your level goes up a little bit, right? Uh-huh. So it's not really combat is just you know just a very small percentage of you being able to level up. You can spend right. like a few like a couple of hours of your day just making iron daggers so that your smithing <laughs> skill goes up. Oh, wow. That takes me back. <laughs> yeah, and, and then we, these iron daggers, you enchant them so your enchantments. <laughs> precisely. So yeah. it's just a, that vicious cycle of grinding and being able wow. to capitalize most of the game to get your level up. Right? Yeah. So it makes more sense for me to have like milestone-based and story-based leveling up, which is something that I will do as I am planning to play and to run Curse of Strahd. Okay. Would you, you like join that game? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You, you can finally see Keanu Reeves. I know. <laughs> you can finally see John Wick. I know. Strahd won Son of a Bitch. I'm <laughs> Son of a Bitch. <laughs> uh, I am planning. I am planning something for that game. Hopefully, to make it more special, you know, because it's something that I really want to to run. Um, but I'm still getting to that. Um, yeah. Might take a few a uh, few more weeks of prep and just understanding the book more. I haven't played it, so it'll be the first time for me. So yeah. it's just that. So uh, yeah, how about you? Like, when's your next game? Yeah. It's been, it's At been least, like, what, what, what do you want to run? Like, what's something, what's a adventure arc that would excite you in terms of, like... Uh, I haven't really... I honestly haven't done any hardcovers yet because, um, yeah, it takes up a lot of time. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, but uh, as far, just to get my groove going, I might run White Blue Mountain again since I've already, quote-unquote, mastered that. Yeah. And then also might run, you know, uh, juice for the day. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hit up EJ and JT late, uh, later in the day and find out a uh, suitable schedule for that. I'll, I'll ask you guys then, Luke and Fonz, and you, Luke and Fonzi, you. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'll, I'll hit up the uh, boys, ask them to play. Juice <laughs> of the dead. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We spent like six hours, I think. Or eight hours on that fucking mod. So stupid. <laughs> All right. So is there anything that we missed with combat? I a lot, actually. <laughs> a lot. So if you identify anything important that we didn't discuss that you feel like is very important, make, a sure, uh, make sure that you leave comments in the comment section or wherever yeah. you are. If you're listening on Spotify, then suck it up, boy. There's no comments <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, Why you can send Carlo a tweet. Uh, you can send Fonzie. You send Fonzie a tweet. <laughs> yeah, we don't respond. get tweets. Yeah, 
We're very unpopular in Twitter. <laughs> I use Twitter to complain to my ISP. I do the same. I use Twitter to complain to the world. <laughs> to the world about the world. Anyway, so, okay. Uh, I think we're about ready to wrap this up, Fonzie. Um, any parting words for combat? Well, I think which for combat, that's weird. <laughs> well, always, 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 it would help to plan what you want to do. Don't mm. think of, don't think of, like what you want to what your character's turn is going to be on your turn you have about you have enough time to be able to attune yourself with what, with what's going on in the uh general surroundings around you so that more or less you know what to do next so it's hot potato right so you pass the hot potato you have 6 seconds to do that <laughs> so if you hold on to that a little bit it's going to burn you <laughs> In a sense. So it would just yeah. make for a much more interesting combat for you to be able to trust your subconscious and just go with what feels right. Yeah. And instead of like an under uh, and going into like a chess match. It's not a chess game. It's a mm. it's D. Yeah. So mistakes are welcome in D D and people won't take you, you know, won't you can discuss it after, like what could have you know run better. Like, what worked, what didn't work, what could have worked better. Yeah, and you know, in, like in the sense of like language of D&D, like I, I'm starting to think like it's probably very normal for people like in the game, like people mm-hmm. in the Forgotten Realms to talk about spell slots. Like I have a level six spell slot left. Like, uh, <laughs> what's, like what, what's that? Like a level six? Like I think that's really just part of the language and not meta. So, yeah. so I, maybe like in my future games, I would probably introduce that as normal D and D lingo. Like, like I have a level two spell. Like, use your level two spell. Like, like, like that. It's just normal D and D lingo. Spell. Isn't there a number after nine? Why do we only have nine spell slots? <laughs> that, the level ten are reserved for the gods, my friend. <laughs> There's a level 11 and level 12. But we'll talk about that uh, in another uh, podcast. Sure. I think I think that's that deserves a podcast episode of, for itself. Spell slots and uh, our favorite spells. I thought you were talking about language. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that as well. Language, you man. Sure, if we run out of ideas. <laughs> so far, we still have a few you know, um, ideas up in the... I have a few ideas of my old noggin. But yeah, um, Fonzia, where can they find you? You can find me um, in, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, at Fonzitoot, F-O-N-Z-I-T-O-O-T. And you can look me up on our Facebook page at Activate Leadership PH. We also have a podcast, so check that yeah. out. And also, um, yeah, I'm just online every time every, every day <laughs> so you just hit me up if you're feeling lonely if you're lonely or if you just want to talk about you know games and the indian stuff and even coaching just hit me up anytime is there any you know is there any events or any special event that you'd like people to uh, that you'd like to invite people to i know uh for the next few days uh well not in the next few days but definitely something in the future all right Cool, cool. How about yeah. you, Carlo? I'm Carlo Angel Gonzalez. You can find me online. Just go search for Carlo Geeks Out. 
Uh, I'm in YouTube, so Carlo Geeks Out uh, YT, BT. Just uh, I'll, I'll include some links in the know uh, in the channel as well, so mm-hmm. where on where you can find us. Um, again, I, I this is <laughs> special thanks to Jella Cuevas for our graphics. She is oh, continuously so working. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> Hope you're Good well. Friend. Yeah. Does uh, she watch the podcast? I doubt it. She- <laughs> She watches it to see us both talk about the things that we love. Anyway, yeah, uh, she's very currently working on uh, graphic and she's working on a project that I think she likes. Uh, we're starting out with this whole uh, art project. So she's going to do a lot of artworks for Star Wars, for Lord of the Rings. Nice. Uh, we'll see if we can, uh, we can have those published. But it's a little personal passion project nice. that um, I'm helping her get started with. Okay, uh, so guys, um, our, our short rest has ended. It is time we face the world once more. Make sure that your spell slots are adequately slotted. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And may you go forth into the wild and may you roll high. Roll See high. Short rest. With Fonzie and Carla.